Bitcoin. Good morning, Bitcoiners. Welcome to your no-nonsense Bitcoin market update for September 4th, 2017. All right, this is Pal Bitcoin. Welcome, welcome. Let's start right in with the prices and everything. So we had a pretty sharp sell-off overnight, and uh, right now, let me pull up the charts because it's moved. It's been moving so fast. Uh, Bitstamp is currently at forty-two twenty-eight. Um, quarterly futures on OKCoin forty-one seventy. So that. Uh, discount right now has closed to about $60. I saw it recently as uh, high as $160. So um, that has come down. We have new lows right now on Bitstamp, Bitfinex, but on futures, it's holding it's holding that low from earlier, which is interesting. I think that uh, this low could be in right here. Uh, it probably won't go much lower than this. A lot of the news was from this out of China about this ICOs getting regulated, pretty much putting the kibosh on these ICOs, but I'll get into that here in a, a minute. Market cap for Bitcoin is $72 billion. Global Bitcoin market cap that includes these altcoins is $151 billion, which translates into a Bitcoin maximalist price of $9,143. Uh, still very strong, over $9,000 for that. GBTC, which is the um, market traded version of Bitcoin, that represent the price here represents about a tenth of a Bitcoin. It's actually uh, slightly under a tenth of a Bitcoin, but that is down sharply from over 1,000. So the equivalent of $10,000 price in, for Bitcoin. That's down to 800 that fell on, on Friday. Uh, this is just traded during market hours, US market hours. So that's uh, not going to be traded here on Monday. It's going to be traded, start trading again on Tuesday, and we'll see where that goes. But that is an equivalent price of $8,000 for a Bitcoin. Local Bitcoins, that's the OTC market, last 24 hours, $5.4 million worth of Bitcoin transacted. Um, that could be uh, a little bit misleading since the price did crash here over the last couple hours but um still that's this normal i mean it's not showing it's not down to three million over the last 24 hours it's still fairly strong so um that that's there's it's not showing a pullback on the otc markets mempool size is under a megabyte and that means that fees are almost non-existent and your transaction can get through uh, on the first block uh, this mempool size shows that all of these people out there that you hear on other podcasts or radio shows or whatever, and they're talking about, oh, I can't use Bitcoin because of the fees and the waiting. It's all bullshit. You can get in on the first block with like a 10 cent fee max. So, you know, don't buy off on these guys, their FUD that they're putting out there about Bitcoin. And the FUD is fear, uncertainty, and doubt. That's all they, they want to harm Bitcoin. And a lot of these individual, uh, you know, sh uh, radio show hosts or content providers, they aren't purposely trying to hurt Bitcoin themselves, but they are listening to the wrong people. And the people that are pushing this narrative do want to hurt Bitcoin. So don't believe this. The mempool is one megabyte. Fees are very low and transactions are going through very quickly. So don't bite off on their FUD. All right, so let's get into the main stories here for today for Bitcoin. 
All right, the biggest story is this thing out, uh, this regulation, whatever you want to call it, out of China, where they're banning ICOs. That's pretty big. This is for ICOs and not for altcoins. Even though Ethereum is technically an ICO, I don't think it's going to affect Ethereum. They're not going to ban Ethereum. Uh, it's quite possible, but I do think it's it's bullish for the non-Ethereum altcoins, like the the more tried uh, and tested altcoins like Litecoin, Monero, maybe Bcash, and maybe Dash. We'll see how those play out. Um, and it's definitely bullish for Bitcoin because all of this this money, if it wants to stay in crypto, it's going to come back into Bitcoin. I think this initial sell-off was due to people not quite understanding what this entailed. But it looks like it's just strictly for ICOs. People are not allowed to do ICOs in um, China anymore, or Chinese people aren't allowed to invest in them. Um, will that stop everybody? No, but it'll drastically reduce it. Because, and I know I'm a big Ethereum bear anyways, but, um, you know, Ethereum was an ICO, and now its only use case is ICOs. Your main use case of your entire platform, it's going to be bearish for your price, Okay. This brings up a point that I've said in the past that decentralization is not a nice to have. It's not something that you can build in later or you can come back and, oh, let's change this from centralized to decentralized. Either you have it or you don't. And governments are coming for cryptos. I mean, we're in direct competition with their money. So, of course, they're we're in direct competition with the incumbents that write the legislation. They're coming for Bitcoin. They're coming for these cryptos. And if you're not decentralized, like Ethereum is very centralized, then you're in trouble. So not only are these ICOs getting banned, but these governments are coming, starting to come after cryptos in a much bigger way. Next story is Nopara. He's a great developer that uh, was working on Tumblebit, which is a fungibility anonymity layer to Bitcoin. And... Um, so he's doing that. He's also doing zero link wallet in, in coordination with uh, Samurai wallet. So uh, there, he's doing a lot of great stuff. He's a very, uh, very, very smart developer in, in the space. But he has an article out about he, he got triggered by one of the King of the Trolls tweets. And if you guys know who I'm talking about, King of the Trolls, uh, he, he does trigger a lot of people in the space. So uh, he, he goes point by point about why this tweet was bullshit. And uh, so basically the tweet said that, um, hey, look, the, the fees on Bitcoin are $8.90 and the fees on Bcash were like 20 cents and half of my employees want to be paid in Bcash. You can see why. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> so Nopara points out that this guy runs his own mining pool. Why is he paying fees in the first place? He can just include his transactions in his own blocks and pay his people for free with a zero transaction fee. On top of that, half of his blocks, or he, he produced three blocks with his mining pool that day or something like that, and one was full. Two of them were half empty. So that doesn't check either. And lastly, he was talking about these fees that were quoted in the tweet itself showed no relation to reality over the last couple of days before the tweet. If you went back like a week, uh, you know, it looked like he just cherry picked the highest possible fee that you could 
ever find on Bitcoin in the last month or whatever. And he cherry picked that one time, that one hour, whatever, that that fee was that high. So it's just lies upon lies upon lies. Anyway, it's a great article. I link to it in the show notes. Jack Mahler's he, I, th- I believe he's a listener of the show, and I hope he is because that's a big, that's a big honor for me, because uh, uh, he's doing great things here with Lightning. He created a wallet, Zap. Uh, it's a Lightning wallet, and uh, he created it first on Bitcoin Testnet. Then he moved it. He has ported it over to Litecoin, and he's working with Charlie Lee, the creator of Litecoin, to, and setting up a lightning network on mainnet and sending lightning transactions which is pretty freaking awesome and that's one reason why litecoin pumped over the last few days before today it was pumping up to towards a hundred dollars and um because of this this these lightning transactions and of course this is very easy to move back and forth between litecoin and bitcoin because they are very very similar um software it's very very similar software and it started on like uh, bitcoin and went to litecoin it can go back very easily but yeah that's bullish it looks like lightning small lightning implementations lightning networks lightning wallets will be starting to get bootstrapped over the next six months it really looks that way um this brings up a great this idea that i've had for a while um and that is okay so we have this new york agreement that was all these business to businesses and uh, miners agreeing basically what the developers are going to do trying to tell the developers the protocol developers what to do and that was their solution to scaling was to tell the protocol developers the lowest level um, you know developers what they what they need to do why don't they form a business agreement to do lightning networks or to do you know start doing say what transactions we have these tools there should be an agreement amongst these businesses to build this next layer out use the available tools first before you start pushing for um, telling the protocol developers what to do um, call it silicon valley agreement call it the um, you know segwit agreement or whatever you want to call it but start using the available tools commit to the available tools before you try to bust the network up and split the network. I mean, it's so common sense. Um, you know your lane, businesses, and take care of your stuff first in-house. Start using all available tools before you go out and try to split the network and cause all this this trouble. Um, okay. F2 Pool pulls out of the New York agreement. A lot of businesses are starting. Well, not a lot. There's This is the second one. It's a very big defection here from the New York agreement. But uh, Wang Chung, he, I think he's the CTO. He might be the CEO of F2 Pool. Um, he said, look, I'm not pulling out I, or I'm not backing out. I told, I said on this wiki page, which I, I need a link to that in the show notes as well. Um, I, I said on that wiki page, I'm good with 2X until July, you know. Get it done by the end of July. I'm good with it. So I'm just a month late telling you that it's it's over. I'm not committed to it anymore because it's not done. And that's a great excuse. He's given all these other people an excuse to get out. Look, I thought it was going to be done. It's not. So I need to get on with my business. But this is a high level defection. And I think some of these smaller businesses need this to give them that excuse to get out. 
Um, it looks like now maybe up to 20% of the hash rate, which all, they all keep quoting 90%, 95% of the hash rate is for this 2x. looks like 20% now has defected and is not going to be participating. Um, so it, it just looks really good for no fork with B2x. I think it's going to be dead. And if it's not, they, they're going to have to add replay protection. And remember, all of the large exchanges minus Coinbase and Bitflyer, there's two out of 10 maybe, that are going to be supposedly calling 2x Bitcoin, which I don't believe that they will be. Gregory Maxwell did a talk about the improvements in uh, 0.15 of Core, their new release. It's on release candidate 3, so it should be out here pretty soon. Um, th some of the benefits are speed. There's way more tests. Actually, the new um, largest contributor to this release, uh, I think Jonathan Newberry is his name, and he is responsible for adding tons of new tests to this code base, so it's it, that that's a really positive thing. Uh, better fee estimation, uh, better UX design, and of course, um, better availability of SegWit's uh, benefits. Right, uh, so this this is all coming online, and, and there's lots of stuff in this talk. I link to the transcript of this, but you guys can find the video if you want to see. Um, Greg Max will talk about this, but the, the transcript's much faster just to buzz through and see what's going on. There's lots of links in there too, so uh, that's good. Um, upgrade. If you're running a node, upgrade. If you're if you're mining at home, upgrade to 0.15 when it's out. Um, if you're a larger miner, upgrade. I don't think any larger miners listen to the show, but hey, there's so many benefits. There's so many things coming in the future that he talks about here too with uh, um, signature ag aggregation, uh, what else? Be even more better UX stuff. He does call for some help with UX. Like that would be a place that they need some help. So if you are a UX designer and you want to know where you can help with Bitcoin, hey, take a look at that UX and see what you can do. Put in a pull request or whatever. So, all right. That's all I have for Bitcoin. Um, bottom line here is buy and hold. Fees are low. Transactions are going through very quickly. Don't buy off on this FUD. The idiots that tried to smear Core's name, they failed. They've tried to kill Bitcoin, and they've failed. Bitcoin is stronger today than ever. So don't forget that. All right, let's hit some traditional markets that I haven't talked about in a little bit. Bitcoin. All right, so for the traditional markets, let's start with gold, 1335 really strong um had a had a good bounce here over the last or over today's trading in like the asian and, and european markets here so far um i'm i'm bullish gold short term still and this i i do watch tone show and i know tone show is pretty similar to my show except i try to be uh a little bit faster um hit some different points but uh on traditional markets we're, we're quite different i'm bullish gold he was bearish he didn't understand why gold was pumping but i'm here to tell you that it's because it's a risk off environment right now and when you, it's risk off you go to cash and now gold that's why gold is getting this bid um now the reason why the dollar is not pump bouncing very well i've talked about how the dollar is sliding and i've been looking for this bounce but it just cannot seem to get out of 90 the 92 handle it's at 92.57 and uh, i think that's because they're these people when they're uh, doing risk off right now they are going to local currency local currency and gold they're de-dollarizing we're in a de-dollarization effort right now in the world um, so yeah, the, the dollar is, the relative strength of the dollar is going down and 
I kind of expect it to. It might go up a little bit if the euro does have a small correction here, because I'll talk about the euro here in a second. But uh, if the euro goes down, the dollar could obviously relatively would get stronger. But um, yeah, long term, the dollar is going down because everyone's trying to get rid of the dollars. S&P 500, um, kind of the, they have futures trading going on overnight here, even though the, the markets aren't going to be open today on Mondays since the U.S. holiday, but um, it is down a little bit, 24.76. And I wanted to talk about this last week. So um, we, we saw a huge rally over the last week. It was the best week for stocks in 10 months, U.S. stocks, best week for U.S. stocks in 10 months. Um, so there was a buying frenzy going on. The plunge protection team came in in force. And the reason why I'm pretty confident that it was not like retail demand, because this was right after the Jackson Hole meeting. So Jackson Hole was the week prior to last week, right when all these central bankers got together, the Yellen made her comments on Friday. And then the next week, there was a huge push, the biggest push in 10 months, basically we say a year. The best week for stocks in a year, basically. And we didn't even make all-time highs. Okay? It still showed some weakness. Um, let's see. What else do I have to say about that? Um, okay, and contrary to Tone's analysis here, he's, he's really smart and he's probably more right than I am, but um, this is what I'm seeing. So central bank policy has never been like today. All the central banks aligning on lower rates at the same time has never happened before. And he, his last show, he put this big hundred uh, year chart out there and he showed the stock market over hundred years. But remember the dollar only buys two cents of what it did a hundred years ago. So if you're looking at stocks, you got to take that into consideration. And what does that do to an economy? Not just what like measuring it, uh, the, the, the value here, uh, dollar for dollar, but how does destroying the value of the currency, how does that change the shape of the economy in general? You know, going towards financialization, centralization, um, uh, regulation, all these things. And that boosts, that boosts the stock market. So we've never had a time where all central banks have been aligned in their policy for lower rates down to negative where you just this week we just hit a uh, one year high on the amount of negative bonds the percentage of negative bonds in the world uh, a one year high and interest rates have been under one percent in the world here by central banks for eight years never happened before in history the bond market is massively bigger than the stock market um and the st and stocks have rallied on these low rates but as soon as the uh, rates turn around and start going up, stocks are going to slide. And when you have um, when you have bonds going down in value, and you have stocks going down in value, you have massive portfolio liquidations. Because the portfolio theory is they're supposed to be inverse, and when they're moving together, it's not a good story. It's not their portfolio portfolios can't handle that. Um, okay, what else? So yeah, I am. I am bearish stocks, um, even though we could see all-time highs, but we're not going to see like huge, great numbers out of the U.S. here. I do think that the euro, let's talk about the euro. So euro's at 119. It did touch 120. 
um, last week or the week before. I could I could see a small pullback here in the euro, but um, I see European growth actually happening. I think that inflation is going to pick up a little bit, and there's going to be uh, actual growth. And so there's going to be demand for euros. So the relative strength of the euro is going to go up because this, the, there's actual growth happening there. The, the, the growth, growth is not happening in the United States. There is no growth in the United States. Look at almost any number you want to that can't be um, doctored or fudged through inflation or whatever. Look at hardcore facts. Look at the student loan market. Look at the car industry. Look at transportation. Look at the fangs. They're the, the biggest stocks out there, the biggest companies uh, out there on the stock market. They are having trouble. So there, there is no like great American recovery here. We're in a recession. And so there's going to be less demand for dollars going forward. So I see the dollar sliding. And when people in uh, India or people in uh, even Saudi Arabia or uh, Italy or who, wherever, when they are going to be going risk off, they're not going to be going to dollars. They're going to be going to their local currency. At least much higher numbers than in the past. So the dollar is kind of losing the safe haven aspect. Gold is getting it and local currency. That's why we see uh, the dollar sliding and gold going up and stocks being pumped up, whatever. Okay, so that's that's my traditional market take, my euro take, my gold take, all that. Um, hope that that makes sense. My name is Ansel Linder. This is Bitcoin and Markets. If you'd like to support the show, uh, help me continue to make these every two, three days, then uh, go to patreon.com forward slash Bitcoin and Markets. Sign up to become a patron. Love all my patrons. You guys are the best. Thank you very much. I'll see you soon. Thanks for listening.